that was for nine years that we couldn't uh, communicate with other people, other people couldn't visit us. Um, we were just allowed to go to work and come back. Welcome to Utopia. Ila Gandhi is the granddaughter of Mahatma Gandhi, but more than sharing the same last name and sharing the same DNA, she has devoted her life to living by the same principles of creating change through nonviolent action. She finished the work Mahatma Gandhi once started in South Africa through fighting apartheid and ultimately prevailing alongside Nelson Mandela. Thank you, Ilaji, for joining us today. Uh, were you alive at the same time as Gandhiji? Would you have a chance to interact and meet with him? Yes, I was alive at that time. I was born in South Africa and I uh, was about seven years old when I first saw him. Yeah. Uh, my family traveled to India and we lived with him for about three months. So my memory is as a seven-year-old meeting him for the first time and in 1947, just before the uh, independence. And you spent your whole life emulating Gandhiji's principles of nonviolence, and you fought apartheid in South Africa. How did you get started fighting apartheid? Okay, I was born at the Phoenix Settlement. I was born in the same house in which Gandhiji lived at Phoenix, um, and grew up in a house that my father built on the settlement. Um, my father and mother continued the work that uh, Gandhiji had started, which was using the media to promote uh, you know, the message of peace, nonviolence, and uh, how to change things in the world. Because um, apartheid was a system which was unjust and which caused a lot of pain to a lot of people. Uh, in terms of poverty, in terms of uh, their uh, dignity and so on. So apartheid had to be removed. It was an evil. That's how we regarded yeah. apartheid. We experienced apartheid. We experienced the not only the injustice but the insults. And uh, that made us, um, you know, even stronger to do something uh, to remove that evil. Yeah, and you were even and placed under house arrest for nine years. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what all hardships did you go through? Well, house arrest is a very uh, strenuous uh, thing. Um, you see, when they arrest you and they put you in prison, then they have to look after you in prison. With house arrests, they allow you to go to work but they arrest you in your home, which means you can't leave your home at certain times. Just the times that you are supposed to go to work, you are allowed to leave the house. The rest of the time you spend in your house. So if you are seen outside your house, and they do keep a, an eye, on you, you never know when somebody is going to arrest you if you if you were to 
leave the house. And so, um, you know, if anyone got ill or if uh, we wanted to go out, visit somebody, none of those social activities we could engage in. And that was for nine years that we couldn't uh, communicate with other people, other people couldn't visit us. Um, we were just allowed to go to work and come back. Right. And then with special permission, I was able to communicate with my husband, who was also banned and also arrested. So I mean, I had to have special permission to talk to him. Oh, so you were house arrest in different houses? No, in the same house. Oh, you needed permission. But to yeah, wow. but uh, a one band person is not allowed to talk to another band wow. person. So you know they they say that that's a special permission in the order itself. If you look at that banning order and the house arrest order, it's like about twenty pages order, and it puts in all the restrictions that are against you. Uh, you can't uh, sit with more than three people. Three people with more than one. Because once it's third person, it's considered to be a group. And you can be arrested. And if you get arrested, then the other two people who are there would be called to give evidence. So if it's your friend, you know, your friend is going to feel that I can't give evidence against you. And so you, by engaging in that kind of thing, you are, um, you know, sort of um, uh, not respecting the right of, because you can be arrested if you refuse to give evidence against me. And final question is, uh, what work is left unfinished? Uh, Gandhiji accomplished a lot, and what work do we have remaining that we still need to do? Okay, so Gandhiji's idea of freedom was not just about politics. It was about people having dignity, having access to work, housing, health care, and all the essential things that people require. So how do we make sure that everybody and this is about every last person should have access to food security, housing, health care, and so on, education. Children should have access to that. How that can be achieved is what we are required to do now. We've got political freedom, but how do we do that? Through, we can do it through the government, if there is a good government, or we can do it as individuals in society. And I think the challenge is for the next generation to sit down and look at how that can be achieved. Because that is what is going to bring peace, and that is what is going to reduce the threats of war and um, destruction and so on. Thank you.